You're listening to Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Now you know who we are. Let's make sure you know just what we are. Thank you for joining us for our monthly meeting here in the Kiss Room. I'm here in the studio with my pal Bobby Dreyer. Oh, yeah. Everybody just tuned in for the live broadcast of Harem. Thanks for that. Lots to talk about in the Kiss world. Obviously, Ace's Origins CD. The rumors are flying. There's Kiss news and more. Plus, we're going to go back in time to May 1992 and the Revenge Club Tour days. And our special guest will be video director Paul Rackman, who worked with Kiss on the Unholy, I Just Wanna, and Domino videos. And this song goes out to everyone celebrating Friday the 13th of May here in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Yes! Said, hey, that's right. That goes way back. 
Celebrating Friday the 13th of May, that's some wicked Lester simple type. All of you hardcore fans, you knew that. But now joining us on the phone is director, editor, producer, and author Paul Rackman. Paul, thanks for joining us in the Kiss Room. Hey, thanks Thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, so obviously we're going to jump right in. Obviously you've had a multi-decade career as a filmmaker, but of course because this is the Kiss Room, I want to jump right in by asking about the videos that you created with Kiss. So what can you tell us about making Unholy and Domino and I Just Wanna and take us back in time? Well, I was, um, you know, I was a music video director in basically in L.A. in Hollywood at a company called Propaganda Films, and. Um, we, uh, you know, you're bidding on music videos. So I, Revenge was in '92, uh, I think. Yes. And um, you know, '90-'91, I'd come off of uh, making Man in the Box, Rouse and Chains. I did all the Pantera videos from the first record, um, Cowboys from Hell. I did, um, uh, I did Hunger Strike for Temple of the Dog. Uh, I did When It Began for The Replacements. These were all videos that were getting a lot of play. I was getting MTV Award nominations. So, you know, um, Kiss, uh, you know, they do. They go back to hard rock in 92. Um, you know, I had been a fan when I was a lot younger. I, I guess I was a Kiss fan all the way through Rock and Roll Over, maybe Love Gun. I think I remember when the, when the solo albums came out, I kind of... I kind of walked away from that. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't as. Uh, and that, you know, seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty was really when I started diving into punk rock and hardcore. Well, and especially nineteen eighty nine, you figure Kiss is doing hot in the shade, so their image is still kind of the tail end of the kind of glam era. And how yeah. much do you think? I mean, obviously they were going for a makeover between eighty nine and ninety two, and they're seeing clearly they're seeing your work with what were the top bands in that what you'd call the grunge scene. And how much of that do you think they were looking for your style, you know, to kind of make them over? Yeah, well, so here's you know revenge. So I, um, you know, I definitely approached them um, with you know the, the the revenge record was hard rock. You know, I got in the unholy track, and I go, "Oh wow, this is like this is like the old Kiss again." Right. Yeah. The sound. Um, I'd really, you know, f- from the late seventies all the way through their unmasked kind of big hair metal, whatever it was, uh, ballad led albums of the the, the late eighties, early nineties. Um, you know, I kind of got a little disinterested. But, um, but I mean, truly down in my core, you know, you always remember Kiss when you were a kid. Right. So, uh, Revenge is kind of a comeback for me, and I kind of got excited about the Revenge, the uh, Unholy song. Um, so, I got the bid on the, they asked me to bid on the uh, Mercury Records at the time, asked me to come up with an idea for Unholy. And, uh, you know, listening to it, it just clicked. And I remember the pitches were, uh, Gene just wanted to hear them in person, um, Gene and Paul. So I had discussed with the label what my idea was. I kind of came up with this idea. Somehow, listening to the record and the lyrics, 
it, it, all of a sudden I got connected to the movie The Omen. Right. You know, about little kids and scary kind of evil kids. Um, you know, the, the, the Omen, Children of the Corn, all these kind of scary movies about evil kids. And that kind of clicked in my mind. And um, I remember going to a meeting on Sunset Boulevard. I think it was at the Kiss. It was either their, I don't think it was their manager. Maybe it was their manager's office at the time or their accountant's office, or whatever. It was a very kind of plain uh, white office with two desks. <laughs> I went there, um, and, um, you know, Gene and Paul are there, and I just pitched him my idea. And I remember my pitch was um, at, the, at the beginning of the song, you see a... You know, you see a baby on a, like a computer image inside. What, what do you call that when a baby, when a woman gets Ultrasound. a, um, yeah, right. You know, and I go, this is how, this is how you're, this is how we're going to open the movie with with, with a baby, <laughs> in a, wow. you know, a fetus, and uh, you know, with those opening kind of heavy strumming of the song. And uh, I gave him my pitch about you know showing the band in this kind of. Uh, monochromatic, very intense lighting, very cool. big, big, stark space, and intercut it with these children playing, and they're kind of evil children, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, using shadows and pentagrams, and, you know, they're kind of doing ring around the rosy, around the pentagram, sure. things like that. And uh, that was it. I mean, uh, uh, Gene loved it, and I remember leaving the office and I got a call from my agent, my rep, and uh, they told me that Gene and Paul had canceled all the other director meetings. Wow, fantastic. Um, so, uh, you know, that was the pitch. And um, I was psyched. It was great. I really loved The song really hit me in the gut. Right. Um, I had to, you know, all my better music videos are, is when I feel the song kind of physically and emotionally, not just with my ears. And that song felt that way. And whenever I, I felt like that about a particular song for a video, it tended to come out really good. So, you know, we shot down in Orange County. I needed a really big stage. And um, they really listened to me. Wow. Um uh, I, you know, it's rare they, for Gene. Uh, yeah, no, I remember, um, you know, if you look at the video there, um, it's stark. Right. They're kind of, and I shot them individually a lot. I didn't shoot them so much as a group. And when I did shoot them as a group, I kind of had them stand separated away from each other, you know? And they didn't really understand that at the shoot. And I, I remember at one point during the shoot, I was getting a little frustrated because I really, sty- I had a certain stylistic idea and a vision. And, um, you know, I, I felt that they had hired me for a reason. They had hired me because of uh, man, the work I'd done with grunge stuff and Pantera. And I, I remember at one point, um, I just... Uh, I just went to Gene and Paul. I go, listen, you hired me for a reason, you know, because you got you guys liked what I did. So I really want you to do this this way. They, they didn't want to stand separately. The huh. way I have a, a wide shot of them kind of uh, 
they're kind of positioned separately and layered in depth, you know? Right. It's just yeah. this one shot that's used a couple times in the video, and I really wanted that. And they didn't feel it was them, but it looked great. It <laughs> so, does look great. And I told them, I go, you know, you hired me for a, le- for a reason. you got to listen to me. And uh, the record company freaked out. She'd never seen anybody talk to Gene all, right. all that way. <laughs> and uh, the band huddled. Uh, Gene and Paul kind of stepped away from me, and uh, they huddled together, you know, like a little football huddle, <laughs> and they were whispering. And I remember overhearing Gene go, well, listen, maybe the kid's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Woo! I remember that. And um, it just gave me a little bit more confidence and strength with them. I mean, they were really, listen, they were great to work with. Gene and Paul have... They know what KISS is. They know what KISS music is. They know who they are. They created a very, very distinct image of themselves. You know, they control their image and who they are. And they're good at it. And I respect them for that. Um, The song, you know, when they gave me the song and I nailed the idea, I just had to follow through with it. And it worked out. I mean, that was kind of a little bit of a hard rock comeback for them. Absolutely. I mean, and with that in mind, I mean, did you find it more challenging working with a band that at that time had such defined kind of image than they had? Obviously, everybody knows the makeup, but then they're coming out of the non-makeup era. And you really did get to them at a point where by 92, they're flipping the image like totally away from that glam look to what, you know, like you mentioned, it's a very stark and dark and a total Mm -hmm. kind of shift for Kiss. So it's oh, like yeah. you know what like when you approach it with a newer band or maybe they don't they're not as defined what how did you really like what kind of challenge was that or did you say look this is what I'm going to do that no they took it hook line and sinker you know i mean uh, you know unholy was a gene simmons song right so he he had a little gene and vinnie vincent i think wrote that and um i think he had a little bit of the say on that song um on what he wanted um, it was dark and bold, and it's a Gene Simmons song, you know, it's heavy. Um, and uh, he went for it. Um, I think Paul kind of went along went along with everything on that, and he liked everything. Um, I remember during editing, uh, you know, the edit went pretty smooth. They, they liked the video when they saw it. They had a couple of... Uh, you know, a lot of their notes were really on their close-up shots, you know, right. what, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, what they liked and didn't like, and we adjusted it. I do remember Paul Stanley um, not liking a Gene Simmons shot. <laughs> 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 and uh, that was great, because Paul personally called me uh, with notes on that, and the shots where I shoot, um, where I shot uh, Gene Simmons without a guitar where he's just with his hands. Right. Um, he thought, Paul Stanley called me, he goes, listen, you know, you can't use that too much. You know, Gene isn't Ozzy Osbourne. Right. You know, because Ozzy wow. had done a video, I guess that was a little bit, and I, I never made the connection, but, um, and I think he was right. I, I You know, I think using a, a less of those shots was actually better. You know, it's it's funny you'd say that. Yeah, I never thought of that, really. I, I, you never really do see Gene or Paul without a guitar. 
And so, yeah. and it's funny that when you say it, I never, you know, I never really even thought of it in that in that light. Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of shots uh, where Gene is singing, where he's using his hands. Right. Um, and uh, and there was a, a a video a few years early, I guess, earlier with uh, uh, Ozzy kind of standing in front of the camera like that. But, right. Uh, I, I certainly didn't get it from that. I just thought Gene looked great, and I just wanted to shoot them a lot of different ways, so I had a lot of choices in the edit. Um, but, uh, that was a great shoot. It was a really long shoot and they were great to work with. Um, they made the, you know, they respected me. Um, I respected them. Uh, it was very professional. Those guys are pros, you know, it's, it's the rock and roll music business, you know, and, and Gene, Gene was pretty much managing the band in a way, you know, right. or making, you know, a lot of, uh, organizational decisions. I mean, I went, you know, I went to meet with, 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 uh, Kiss over at his house a couple times, um, in his office bungalow, um, you know, to discuss all this stuff. Um, so, you know, they, they were great. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're an American rock and roll band, <laughs> you know? And you know, it really leads into, uh, I think, you know, one of my favorite videos with Domino there's got to be some kind of funny stories about cruising around with Gene Simmons while he fills gas in the car and eats a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, actually, you know, after Revenge, though, before we got to Domino, I did I Just Wanna. Uh-huh. Okay. a family song. And uh, the band was starting to tour. And they were launching their tour in London. Um uh, I don't, you know, it was a small tour. I know they had a big show at Wembley. So we had, we decided to shoot the video in London. And, uh, you know, I Just Wanna was kind of a sexy song, you know? Right. It was a much sexier song. It was a Paul Stanley song. It had a different vibe. It was a little more, you know, let's say if you, if you took the rock and roll scale of like heavy metal to pop, you know, I Just Wanna leaned a little more towards the pop side of things, um, and uh, but still being rock. Um, and so my idea for that was kind of the opposite, where revenge was dark and shadowy and, and evil. I Just Wanna was in a white, pure white stage in London, and it was all about, you know, the band wearing these bright colors and just popping off the screen with quick edits and everything. And, um, that's kind of was the concept with that. And that, that, that was a successful video too. Absolutely. Well, and certainly, certainly a contrast between a gene video and a Paul video in a way, you know, and and it really does make them stand out. Yeah. That was exactly, you know, my instinct on, on, on the songs on that record were, they were very distinct. It was very clear to me, you know, what was what, um, and, uh, you know, I just want to was the kind of bright, poppy, sexy Paul Stanley song. Um, and, you know, uh, and hanging out in London with those guys was great. Um, I remember, um, you know, just hanging out and Gene would, you know, in between takes or lunch, Gene would be there complaining about crappy air conditioning and <laughs> the, the, the shitty food in England and, 
you know, how they never recovered after the war. <laughs> you know? And, uh, I mean, he was like the ugly American Europe, you know, complaining about everything. It was hilarious. But, you know, I got the impression that he's been talking about that about Europe for like his whole life. I, I felt as though, you know, oh, somebody else has heard this before. You know, and at that point, I mean, Unholy had become a pretty big hit on MTV. I mean, it was on all the time. Did they, was there, what was their reaction? Now you're back working with them again. And obviously your first video with them had been very successful. Well, you know, they, they stick to their guns, you know, they're, they're smart. I mean, um, you know, Gene's a smart guy. He goes, you know, this worked once, let's do it again. You know, it's kind of like if it's not broken, you know, don't fix it. Right. And, um, you know, we went for it. And, uh, you know, both of those videos were actually did well for them. Yes. Um, Revenge definitely was a hard rock comeback for them. And it's funny because, you know, this was the beginning of the path to them putting the makeup back on. Right. Um, So, you know, we didn't really talk about that. I don't think it was clear on their mind yet. But it definitely was a, a very specific musical direction because, you know, they totally lost me in the late 80s, early 90s when they were doing the when their hair was enormous <laughs> and, and they were sitting around singing uh, love ballads, you know, um, and I, they kind of lost me. I was disinterested. And when I heard Revenge, they were back. Absolutely. You know? So for me, you know, as a hard rock guy, um, so, so then, so I just want to, was in, in London and we went to the show and, uh, at the show, I remember they, 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 the Wembley arena show was awesome. It was, it was great. It was, um, you know, it was, it was huge. And I, and they, they had, they, they used the, uh, I remember going to the show and they they still in Europe at least they hadn't set up a stage staging for the revenge tour yet. Um, they didn't have it, so they used the hot in the shade tour stuff. Mm. You know, which was the kind of uh, it was like that Egyptian stuff, right? Sure. Um, you know, it was so that that's what they played revenge. All the new songs they were still on the hot in the shade uh, um, set. Huh. But you know, to kiss at Wembley Arena was packed. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Paul, I got to you know, ask you this. So they just lost um, Eric, you know, yeah. November, and then May, this album comes out. That's right. Do you uh, think uh, that's Eric, one reason why they went to that dark end and they wanted to go? You know, I, you know, I don't know. Um, it, that's hard to, I know they had just lost him, and we talked about that a little bit, and Eric Carr was the drummer. Um, you know, at, at, you know, on that on that record, well, on on that tour at least, and part of the record, I guess. Um, and uh, you know, it was Carr, Kulik, um, and 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 Gene and, and Paul. Um, but uh, maybe, I mean, I know that was a that was a sad loss for them. Um, you know, it's hard to tell. Uh, if that was really the driving force behind the dark record, you know, maybe some stuff on it was influenced like that. But I think, I think as a band, they think a little bit, 
beyond that, I, I don't see Gene and Paul really, you know, making a whole record themed on the death of a friend. Um, you know, they're, they make music for their fans. They make music for themselves. The fans are important and their kiss, you know? Oh, of course. So I, I think it was more of a turn in terms of wanting to be hard rock again. Because look, they're, 1990, 1990, you know, Nirvana comes out, grunge explodes, <sighs> and and yeah. music is sounding heavy again. It's not it's not Poison and, and <laughs> Motley Crue, you know, it's not that anymore. Um, you know, rock and roll moves away from hair metal, basically, back into grunge. Right. And uh, everything is changing, so I think more than anything, uh, the choice of making the revenge uh, record is that oh you know uh, you know fans and kids are into hard rock again and that's what we're going to do you know um, I, I think that was much more the influence. How much of an influence do you think some of the bands like Pantera, you know I mean, I mean oh, yeah, Dimebag coming out who worshipped Kiss? And well, listen, yeah. Well, listen, Gene, Gene and Paul basically said, you know, they, they asked me to come up with ideas for them because I was the guy who did the Alice in Chains and Pantera videos. Right. You know, that's what he, that's what they, that's what they liked about me, you know. Um, and I was, you know, I was emerging as a bigger director just then. I'd been, I'd been around for a while, but 90, 91, 92, I had some solid years of, uh, some, of some great work, I think, that, uh, you know, they, they, the, the music kind of fit me all of a sudden. You know, I wasn't, I was a, you know, I was a rock and roll hardcore punk kid <laughs> who lands in Hollywood in 1988, 89, and everything is kind of glammy hair metal. And it was hard. You know, I wasn't really connecting with that stuff as much. You know, the, the stuff that was really on MTV, you know, yeah, that had right. decent budgets and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't connecting that much with that. And then as soon as uh, grunge explodes and, and I get Alice in Chains and all that stuff, things click for me, you know, and I rode that wave. And I think that that, you know, I think in a way, Kiss wanted to get that audience back. Absolutely. You know, so so then, um, you know, the other funny thing in London, hanging out with those guys, we'd be out, and then I ran into them on the street, on Carnaby Street, which is the street in London that has all the. It's kind of like a like Eighth Street in New York City. Yeah, you know, it's it has all the all shops. These little, it's all the shops and the rock and roll shops, and it's funny because. Um, Gene's walking around with the band and I run into them and I walk around with them a little bit and he's just going stall to stall, shop to shop, pointing out all the bootleg kiss stuff. <laughs> 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 he goes, he goes, there you go, this stuff is all fake. <laughs> getting ripped off here. You know, it was really great um, to, to, you know, to just kind of be around them and, and, and that's what, that's what he does. <laughs> That's great. You know, when he's in London, he walks around and looks at all the money he's not making. <laughs> 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 Woo! Hey, I love Gene, you know. Um, 
But, uh, so yeah, so then you were saying Domino, you know, we got on to Domino, and uh, I think you're the first person who's ever told me that that's his favorite video. You know what, I love um, the video, because I think to me, it really does capture the sleazy, you know, jean that at the time with the leather jacket and the glass, and I yeah. remember seeing that thinking, it was, it just seemed like he was having a blast just cruising around in that classic car. There's got to yeah. be at least a couple good stories from that one. Well, you know, that was a difficult video to make. Um, that was hard. And the song, to me, didn't ring as easy in me artistically as, uh, you know, Revenge was crystal clear. It was like, bam. Unholy. And, uh, and uh, I mean, um, Unholy was crystal clear. It was like, damn. You know, I got the idea, and it, it just clicked right away. And and so did I just want it. It just clicked. When it came to Domino, um, you know, we're kind of coming to what may be the ballad or kind of coming towards more of the slower ballady side of, 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 of the record. Um, I don't think it took off at radio as well as right. the other two songs had. Um, and, you know, there's this thing that happens with videos where the record company sends the song out a little too early to radio, and then by the time you're making the video, it's not really performing that well at radio as well as the other two, and then they're doubting, oh, well, we'll see what the video does. So then all of a sudden, the, the pressure mounts on the video. You know, then it's like it's all about the video, and... You know, conceptually, I, I loved my idea. You know, we shot up in the valley, up in San Fernando Valley on Ventura Boulevard. Um, and um, it was much more of a concept video, you know, with Gene driving around and right. stopping at a gas station. <laughs> and, you know, there's this girl. And it, it, it just, and then we did this performance at SIR in Hollywood uh, at the rehearsal space. And, um, you know... To me, that video, something didn't click as tightly as the other two. And, uh, you know, that, that uh, of the three, I like that video. Of the three, it's my least favorite. And I think it's probably Gene's, Gene's least favorite, the band's least favorite of the three. They didn't feel that that video really uh, hit home. And partially the business side of it. It was like the song wasn't really kicking butt at radio. Right. So the video comes out, you know, there's this thing in, 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 in music video. It's like, it's really, it's, it's easier to make a great video for a great song. Right. It's hard to make a great video for a less great song. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to say it's a bad song, but it's hard, you know. The music really drives the imagery. The music drives the energy. And, um, you know, great, great music videos are associated with great, great hit songs, you know? You, you don't go around talking about, you know, the great video for some shitty song. <laughs> you know, you just don't remember those. So I feel as though that uh, there might have been some other tracks that might have been better. I don't know. But that, 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 that shoot was really hard. It was an overnight shoot. There was a lot to shoot. It was, um, it was really a big job. 
and um, I remember in the edit room something didn't click. And and Gene, you know, Gene was really clear with me. You know, he said, you know, we did Revenge. It was awesome, and I just wanna. Those two were great. We they, we had hits, and this one is. It's falling a little less, and you got to try to fix it. You know, it was something to that matter. You mm. know, and it was it was a little bit of a harder harder thing. Um, but that was it. Those were the three videos for that record. I, I don't know if they made another one. Maybe they did, but they did it with someone else. I can't remember. Well, I remember Domino didn't make it to MTV as much. I used to have to order that on no. what was called the box, and it was like back. Yeah, you know, yeah. and yeah. so that's, I remember ordering that a lot. But you know, yeah, uh, and it did- didn't. It didn't. It didn't hit the ra- it didn't hit radio as much either. Right, you know, it right. didn't really uh, you know you're you're three songs into a Kiss record and that third song has got to be the right song and I felt they should have gone. There was another song I liked on the record. Well, there was God gave one. rock and roll to you. Well, there's a video for that, right? Yeah, and then yeah, every time I look at you, but I don't know if they shot a video. There's a video for, for that. Yeah, yeah. Every time I look at you, I like and um, you know, I mean, I tended to to to. To, to gear toward the more hard rock stuff, you know, right. and I always felt that that's what they should they should do, but they didn't. They went with the the the, the more ballady song, you know, which was kind of the, you know, that was kind of the record business, you know, mode of operate, you know, mode of operation in those days, you know, like yeah. every rock band needed a ballad, you know. And, Right. They thought they were going to get like that kind of more contemporary radio and whatever, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, and so I kind of fell into that trap. But you know, hey, you know, it's it's also, you know, you do these creative ventures, these videos and it's like, you know, two out of three ain't bad, you know, you, you it's hard to just hit a home run every time you come up to play, you know. It really is, especially with the same band, with the same thing and the you know, and I was a little worried even with Domino. It just, I just remember listening to the song and it's not really affecting me <laughs> the same way as Revenge and and I just wanna. So, I I'd still call that a yeah I'd call that a home run. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people like it, and I should look at it again. I haven't looked at it in, in, in a long time. I've had, I have some pictures from that shoot that I've posted on social media before, like directing Gene in the car That's and stuff, great. but. Uh, but, um, yeah, that was a little more of a challenge. Um, but I ended up working for them again. Um, and, but this kind of never materialized. So what was it? They, about a year or two later, they decide to put the makeup back on. Right. And, um, I get a call from Gene, not even through my production company. He calls me directly and, um, he basically I go meet him at his house and uh, he tells me they're putting the makeup back on and I go, wow, that's amazing. And um, he wants to, um, he wants to edit together some kind of reel, some kind of presentation reel with all their old footage um, of them in the makeup as kind of a, you know, a, uh, an announcement thing, you know, uh, like a medley. They, 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 they were going to go, they wanted a medley of songs with a medley of visuals of the history of kiss and makeup and that they're back. Um, so it was a big post-production job. 
And I meet with him, and I go, okay, I can do this, and he hires me. And um, Tommy Bayer was their uh, assistant then. You know, he was working for Gene, uh, for the band. He was, you know, glorified, you know, a little more than an assistant, but he was taking care of a lot of stuff. Was he still in black and blue then? You know, I think so. I think he was. And um, he, uh, so he's he's getting me all the materials and everything, and I, I they get me an edit room, and I start editing this stuff. And um, it's hard. It's hard because... You know, the medley is great, but, you know, the footage is, you know, these guys have great, awesome footage, but it's old, you know, it looks old. It's like old video, and it's, you know, music video had become such a high-end, you know, the technology had advanced so much, everybody's shooting on 35-millimeter film, everything is kinetic and, and, and electric and in your face, and the old footage just didn't have that kind of energy visually. You know, so I was editing for them and editing for them and we're trying to get to something right and nobody liked anything. It wasn't clicking. The medley wasn't right. And they, they, they kind of go in and Paul was trying to go to the studio and edit the medley of the songs and whatever. It was really hard. Mm. <laughs> so wow. they fired me. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, see, and even, but even that. I was going to say, even that you're dealing with, they're talking, they're going back to an image that they had, in a way, tried to almost get beyond, and now they're yeah, going yeah. back, and let's go back yeah. to that. And that was really the reunion seemed to focus on oh, that. This is like this is like the beginning. This is like almost the research stage, you right. know, because because I would meet with them. They're rehearsing. You know, they're going to do this the, these shows. They're going to put the makeup back on within a few months. You know, so they're already rehearsing. So I was remember, Bruce I went to, out of the band? Um, you know, they, well, they weren't going to be, you know, they weren't taking Eric and Bruce on that. They right. were taking, um, Ace and, and, um, um. Ace and Peter obviously uh, were back. I Ace mean, and Peter, yeah. Ace and Peter were back, but they were still rehearsing with, with Bruce and Eric. I think it was, you know, Bruce and Eric were still around because I went to the studio and I don't know if that decision had been made yet. You know, I, I don't remember, but I do know that they were getting, they were remaking all the costumes. Right. So I remember going to SIR where they were rehearsing and uh, they were, you know, these rock and roll tailors were on the phone and the shoemakers <laughs> and, uh, you know, Gene was telling me like, you know, I went to storage and we can't wear that stuff anymore. <laughs> Some of it doesn't fit and it's fragile. It'll fall apart. It's old. So they had everything remade exactly the same. And I thought that was incredible. I was like, wow, they're actually remaking new versions of all the old costumes, (laughs) you know? Absolutely. Well, you know, even that 1995, 96, as far as Kiss, I mean, obviously Bruce and Eric are still around doing essentially what would become Carnival of Souls, and then that's kind of kicking around. And then obviously the reunion happens, everything gets pushed aside, Kiss becomes the biggest tour, you know, and, yes. and really everything we've been talking about since is because the reunion was so successful. You know, it's so, uh, so real quick just to finish up on that. So they they fire me from editing that. Basically, it was a promo reel <laughs> for them putting the makeup back on. You know, and uh, and they're a little lost. And um, and then I didn't talk to them much after that. It was a little bit of a you know, it wasn't a falling out. It was just a business thing. You know, this isn't working. Whatever. You know, and. 
And then, um, then what they ended up doing to announce that is they did a claymation promo. And you can find this somewhere, but they did something with some of the old footage, but then they recreated an old Kiss concert in Claymation. Wow. They used these, these guys, these the animators in Hollywood, who also had a band. I forgot what the band that they, they had. But Doc McGee was also managing them. And Doc, you know, when Kiss put the makeup back on, Doc McGee became their manager. Doc McGee managed Bon Jovi and Motley Crue yeah. and all those big rock bands. He's a notorious sure. big um, music manager. And um, so anyway, they I ended up seeing the promo they did, and it ended up being great. But yeah, they did Claymation because it was really hard to get to what they wanted to do with just the old footage. It just huh. looked and felt old, whereas they really needed to show something new. And the claymation animation was it. It was great. So they, they found their way, you know. But that was the last time I worked with them. And uh, I've run into Gene a couple of times. Um, I ran into him in New York once. And he's totally friendly. He goes, hey, you're looking good. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> you know? And he said you probably you were a, t- a powerful and attractive man. That's uh Oh, exactly. Yes, he said something like that. How did you know that? Because he says he says that to everybody. Oh, that is. Well, no, he said you're looking good. You're an attractive man. Something like that. You're absolutely right. Wow, you guys know too much. That's why we're in the kiss room. It's, yeah. it's, you're in the kiss room. That's all we're talking about. Well, actually, I mean, yeah, no, that's great. So, I mean, literally, he says that to everyone. That's hilarious. But, you know, with that in mind, I mean, obviously your background was more in punk and and things like that. I mean, talk about really your early days. I mean, we're here at Montgomery County Community College, so I'm always curious about how people find their career in filmmaking. I mean, obviously you went on and created American Hardcore. And kind of talk yeah. about that. I think your early career, well, I mean, obviously we focus on KISS, but I'm, I'm really kind of curious about, you know, how yeah. you got started and how you got to that point. Well, I um – you know, it's it's funny. I, I, I never knew I was going to be a filmmaker or an artist or anything like that. I uh, I went to college in Boston, Boston University. And um, in, you know, this is when music is kind of changing. You right. know, like the, the whole punk thing in New York has happened. And I, I'm from New York. And, you know, I, 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 I felt the whispers of that when I was like 15, 16. And... And, uh, you know, I knew what was going on and I knew about Sex Pistols and I knew about uh, Ramones. And, you know, I knew that there was this thing going on. I got to Boston uh, in 78, 79. And, you know, Boston had much more progressive radio than New York. And all these cool bands are on the radio in Boston, Talking Heads, Blondie, like that whole kind of post-punk you know, after the major label signed all the cool New York punk bands, all their major label records are kind of coming out in 78 and 79. They're on the radio in these cities and these college towns. So I um, I kind of dive into that. And then around the same time, um, in 1980, I saw Black Flag play at Paradise in Boston. There you go. And the same year or the year before, I saw this movie by David Lynch called Eraserhead. Right. And those two things really changed my mindset. Um, you know, I saw Eraserhead and I was like, damn, this this uh, 
movies can look like this and sound like this and be grainy, black and white, weird stuff. I was like, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, you know, I want to do this. And then, you know, I saw Black Flag and I'm like, oh my God, music can sound like this? It doesn't even sound like music. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but it hit me in the gut. I felt it. I felt, you know, what I felt from seeing Black Flag the first time, hearing Black Flag and the bad brains and uh, SSD control in, in Boston, all those hardcore bands. You know, it is the same feeling I got when I hit, when I listened to Revenge the first time. You know, it just hits in my gut. Cool. So that music and that new wave of independent American cinema that's kind of emerging in the 80s, um, in a very early time. I mean, this is, you know, Jim Jarmusch's Stranger Than Paradise is in 78. So that all this stuff is, is emerging at the same time. And I, I get bitten. That's what I want to be part of. So, you know, I, I buy my first Super 8 camera and later buy a Bolex, a 16 millimeter camera. And uh, I just start going to these shows and hanging out with these bands and, and shooting them. And I started volunteering at these, uh, public access cable companies where I had access to all this video equipment. And, um, I, uh, Mission of Burma's last show, my roommate at Boston University starting my junior year was the, the hardcore promoter in, in Boston. He was doing all the shows when the dead Kennedy, TSOL, uh, you name it, any band coming to town, they were playing for my roommate at these little, you know, alternate venues. um, so Mission of Burma announces that they're going to kind of play their last show at the Bradford Hotel. And I bring this cable company mobile van with three, four cameras, and I shoot it. And it, it's a, there's an all-ages show and, a, and a, an evening show. And all the that's where this um, uh, negative effects, notorious footage comes from. There's a... Um, Mike Makes Right by Negative FX is, it's like a, a less than a minute long because uh, the venue freaked out with all the <laughs> stage diving that they pulled the plug on the power in the wow. whole building. Um, so that's how I kind of start my career. And I start going on tours with Gangrene and uh, the Bad Brains and I'm shooting all this footage. And I moved back to New York in 1983 but I have all this footage. It wasn't it, only the mission of Burma stuff had been able to edit, but none of the other stuff. So in '83, I come back to New York. I was going to go to film school, but I got a job as an editor at this big editing place, and I start having access to this equipment. So I made um, a music video out of all the footage I had. I made uh, alcohol for gangrene, um, have fun for gangrene, and I had and I made uh, I Against I for the Bad Brains. Wow. And um, so those became music videos. And uh, I start servicing them pretty much. You know, so MTV is just starting. Right. MTV is like a year and a half old or something. It's it's nascent, you know, but it's becoming powerful. Everybody's hearing about it. Everybody wants to see it. It wasn't on the air in New York until about 83. It was a late bloomer on the cable system in New York. So um, the... Uh, the, uh, so what happens is sometime in late 83, 84, I get a call 
in my dumpy apartment in Hell's Kitchen, I get a call from MTV, from Mark Pellington, who's a big director now. He did the Jeremy video uh, later on, and we were friends. And he calls me, and he's working at MTV, and he goes, Hey, Paul, I hear you have uh, Bad Brains and Gang Green videos, and we want to put them on a new show called 120 Minutes. That's wow, Monday nights. So I jump out of my bed and bring <laughs> them three masters. And uh, the I Against Eye video and the alcohol video, they just start playing every single weekend. On, on MTV. And there's no record company involved, no wow. nothing. It's just me. I brought them these cool videos. And um, that's what got me signed eventually to Propaganda Films in LA, which was David Fincher's company. Wow. Basically. Uh, Steve Bowen, David Fincher, and I became a director there. And, uh, and I was there for, you know, seven, eight years, just kind of launched my career directing videos. And, um, you know, I kind of hit my stride with the grunge stuff. You know, our, our friend you Elena know. does a show on here on Monco Radio called The Grunge Garage, and she'd kill me if I didn't ask you if you have any good stories about the replacements, because she loves the replacements. Oh, yeah. Well, I did the very last replacements video, when it began. Right. Um, and uh, that was that had some animation in it and stuff. And, and then I worked with Paul Westerberg again. Uh, he co-wrote Backlash for Joan Jett. And uh, I, I, they were, he was in the video for that with Joan, which is one of my favorite videos, actually. I just relaunched my, I just redesigned my website. Um, if you go to my website, it looks all different. And now um, a lot of the videos on there, they kind of play nicer. They're better, the better resolution and everything. So I haven't announced that yet. But I just, yeah, I just uh, seen it. I, it's I, great how it comes up. I just made it live a couple days ago. But I haven't told anybody that I redesigned it. I, I will in a few days. I, I have to update the press page still. But um, and of course that's Paul Rack that, Paul Rackman dot com for everybody that's out that's there that's right. listening. Um, yeah, yeah. The so, uh, um, and there's all kind of clips from your videos and everything like that. That's a, you know a great amount of of things on there. Um, yeah. One yeah. thing. One thing that I want to get into a little bit as you know I I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but. We're here at Montgomery County Community College. We have our communication program and sound recording technology. And what kind of advice would you give to students that are looking at it's a totally different time for video than when you were talking yeah, about getting yeah. into it? I mean, what kind of advice well, would you give them? Well, you know, music video, I, I occasionally get asked if I want to do a video uh, now and then. And I know that YouTube is really the destination for them. I haven't really directed a music video since 1997. Um in a way, part of it is, you know, I have to kind of like the song and there's got to be some kind of money involved so I can just get it done. So, but I think that, you know, music video is thriving away in a way again, uh, particularly on YouTube and stuff. And, you know, bands are still making them. I think the best thing to do is just, just, I mean, I started just by hanging out with bands and picking up a camera and shooting them. So, you know, just that, that's the best way to do it. You know, get to know a band and, um, work with them and come up with an idea. You know, the equipment is easy now. Right. Back in my day, it was much more complicated. I mean, all the footage, all the super eight, 16 millimeter footage I shot in 80, 81, 82, I didn't really get to edit it until 83 because, you know, I had to develop the film, I had to transfer the film to video, I had, you know, there were all 
accept that all costs money. Right. You don't have to do that anymore. So it's easier than ever technically to to do to do stuff, you know. But it, it stylistically, you know, you have to have kick ass ideas now because everybody's doing it. So right. it's, it's uh, you know. But I think you just got to do it. It's just the same thing with everything with movies and everything. I mean, you know, American Hardcore happened because I was in Hollywood. I did a movie. And the movie didn't get a theatrical release. It was called Four Dogs Playing Poker. It yeah. had Olivia Williams, Forrest Whitaker, and I was hired to direct that. And, you know, it ended up being a good movie. It wasn't a great movie, but um, at the time, it got sold to Warner Home Video and Showtime, which today would be a home run, but back then, that was kind of like direct-to-video TV. So the type of scripts I was getting... And I'd already, before that, I'd been doing a lot of narrative short films. I had an award-winning short film called Drive, Baby, Drive that went to, like, almost 100 film festivals around the world. And I'm going to re-release that this fall. You know, so when Four Dogs didn't really hit its mark, I saw myself becoming, I didn't want to become a B-movie director in Hollywood. That was, like, my nightmare. So I, uh, I moved back to New York and I started American Hardcore. And I just went back to the same way I started doing music videos. I had my own equipment. I went out and shot it myself. Um, uh, I worked with Steve Blush, who had written the book American Hardcore, which kind of served as our roadmap. And uh, between the two of us, we knew everybody. You know, whoever he didn't know, I knew. Whoever I didn't know, he knew. And uh, it took us like four and a half years, and we got it done. And uh, we premiered it at Sundance and sold it to Sony Picture Classics. So, you know, entertainment, movie making, it's a pendulum. You know, it's a cycle. You're up and you're down. You're up and you're down. And it's constantly like that. And you have to find your way. You know, we're finishing The Lost Rockers. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. Yeah, so Lost Rockers, the book is out, and uh, it's a story about these eight singer-songwriters who all who are all on the cusp of fame and have these notorious stories. But uh, you know, you you movie making is hard, so it's just been a little harder to raise the money to finish the movie. Mm. Um, are you doing a Kickstarter like, or anything like that? We start. We started it with a Kickstarter. We're trying to finish it without a Kickstarter. I don't really want to do another Kickstarter for the movie. Um, <laughs> Kickstarter is a lot of work, and uh, I think it's oversaturated now. I mean, we did a Kickstarter for the Lost Rockers movie in in 2011, I think. I mean, early on, and uh, there was like the early days of Kickstarter, and. Um, I just don't want to do another one uh, if if I can help it. But um, it looks like you know we it looks like we found some money for it. It's taking a little time to to work it out, but it's moving forward. Uh, but movies are hard, you know. Some movies are easy. Some movies are hard. Um, all this stuff is is has its challenges. So, but that's going to get finished. And um, you know, I've been spending more time in L.A. again now. Uh, I've been back in New York for about a dozen years. But I always come back to L.A. and, um, you know, I'm talking, I kind of re, I reignited my relationships with my agents and my former managers out here and producers and cohorts. And I just want to go back to making movies again. So we'll see what happens. Fantastic. Well, Paul, thanks a million for taking the time to talk to us and, uh, and share your KISS yeah, memories thanks, and other Paul. memories. We really appreciate it. 
And, yeah, uh, no, it was my pleasure. Um, but yeah, you know, um, just go do it. That's the thing. That's how you make it. <laughs> just go do it. Thanks, Paul. That's fantastic. We really appreciate you coming on here with us in the Kiss Room. Thanks, guys. We're going to throw it into a song. This we talked about, Unholy. This is recorded on May 5th. 1992 at the Trocadero in Philadelphia. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet.
That's right, Kiss Army. How about that? How cool is that? Paul Rackman <laughs> calling in. That was fantastic. I really, I'm so thrilled that he would spend that much time with us and answer all my questions. You know, and, and it's funny. A lot of it was I'm, I'm very fascinated, obviously, having, you know, made videos and things like that. He's talking about it from, you know, the very early days of video and then really, you know, MTV. And he was even talking how it was like just starting. And I was really fascinated. So thanks, Paul, for, call, you yeah, know, for thanks, calling Paul. in. And I think on the line right now, we have Tony Mann. Tony, can you hear hey, us? Hey, Tony. Hey, you guys. Hey. Tony, how are you, pal? All right, how are you? Hello, Kiss Room. Hey. So I got to say thanks because Tony was the one that really hooked us up with that interview. Thank you, Tony. And I really do oh, appreciate you're welcome. it. That's great. And it's great to hear Paul talking about those days. And, uh, you know, he had some cool uh, photos from those uh, video sessions if you look on his Facebook page and, uh, or his, uh, also on his Instagram. You know, so, you need to post uh, some I, I would of those like links. To add that um, we have a couple <laughs> Kiss-related people in the Lost Rockers book. Uh, one of them is Chris Robeson, who actually played on some of the Wicked Lester recordings. I heard you playing that show at the top of the song, uh, at, the top of, song at the top of the show. How about that, e, when he says uh, we're celebrating the Friday the 13th in May? <laughs> I was like, that's got to be the lead-off song. That, that's, that's perfect. And uh, another person in the book is Robert Fleischman, who was the original singer in Journey. He wrote Wheel in the Sky and wow. Anytime, and he also was the first singer on the Vinnie Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Absolutely, sure. Huh. We've had uh, so we Robert. Some, Robert's called into the show before. We had him yeah, on the Kiss so room. We have some, we have some Kiss uh, ties in our book and movie. And uh, we have an event coming up for our book uh, July 14th at the Strand Bookstore in Manhattan. And appearing will be Gloria Jones, who was in T-Rex and wrote 100 songs for Motown. Uh, and Jake Holmes, who wrote Dazed and Confused. So they'll be at the event. And so it's July 14th. It's a free event. It's at the Strand Bookstore in the Rare Book Department. So that is Lost Rockers. And, of course, Paul just talked about the movie, and you guys are working on that. Your book is out. So uh, is it it lostrockers.com? Yeah, and Stephen Blush is uh, the author of the book, along with myself and uh, Paul. And uh, we have a Facebook Lost Rockers page. We have an Instagram and uh, we have LostRockers.com. You can see a clip from the documentary. Very cool. I think the I think who he was talking about with the animation was Green Jelly, Green Jello. Right. Yes. You know what? I couldn't think of it yeah. as he was saying it. That's you're exactly right. And the whole time I was, was that little pigs. I kept thinking Guar, but I know that's the, what was their band? It was the band was the band called Green. Green it was Jello. It was called Green Jello, and then they had to change it to Green oh, Jelly. Oh right. And they had right, a big right. music and video complex in L.A. and that did a lot of animation and all kinds of things there. You know, as he said so, that, I couldn't come up with it. I'm sitting here kind of like I was totally glazed over trying to come up with that. I'm glad you said that because that would have bothered me. <laughs> yeah, and Paul, Paul didn't mention, but he's a founder of the Slam Dance Film Festival that happens around the same time as Sundance out in Park City. So he's Paul's really involved in film, and uh, we were lucky to uh, you know, be working with him on the Lost Rockers documentary, and we're working on getting that out. Uh, hopefully by next year, and the book is out. You can get it on Amazon, um, Lost Rockers, and uh, check it out, and you'll read about some 
rock heroes to us anyway. Well, that's, wow. I know his career, like I, I let off by saying, I know it's a multi-decade career, but I wanted to go right into the Kiss stuff. We probably could have gone another hour. I was thrilled that he gave us an hour of his time to really talk about that and answer my geeky quick Kiss questions. So it was, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I got to nice. say, the Kiss room, you guys scooped it because he, a lot of people have asked and he, he did your show. So I, I, I told him, man, I love the Kiss room. You got you to gotta be there for Matt. They've supported us and... You guys have been talking about Lost Rockers for a while now, so we really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate that, Tony. That's fantastic. Now, this summer, the Kiss Room is live every second Friday, and i got to get you down here one day. Yeah, and I talked to uh, Stephen Blush about coming down there, too, so we we got to make a trip down there, and uh, I'm working on some... Uh, I'm working on something. Hopefully have a cool announcement for you guys uh, when I do come to the show. So mm. looking forward to seeing everybody down there at Montco, especially you, Matt. And uh, I listened to Harem before. That sounded cool, too. That was you great. Cool. You guys have cool things going on. It's great. All the most and fun. We're, we're, really, we're really talking about Lost Rocker culture now and vinyls <laughs> making a comeback. Vinyls, yeah. You know, and so it's all about rediscovering artists and uh you know, what's out there now isn't much. You know, there's some cool new music out there, of course, but without the industry behind it, it's hard to get it out to people. But people are now, through our book and film, you know, rediscovering some really talented, cool people, and they find out, oh, well, they actually wrote that song, Dazed and Confused, not Led Zeppelin. Oh, this person actually wrote Tainted Love. Oh, this person wrote all these songs for Motown. They're the -the behind-the-scenes people, um, and, you know, it, there's a lot of them are still out there playing. We had a great event last week here in New York, and uh, we had our first New York Lost Rockers book event, and it was really successful. We had three of the people from the book performing live, and uh, it was a fantastic event. Really cool. So hopefully everybody's going to go to your next event. Obviously, you can go pick up pick up your copy of the book. And Tony, yeah, thanks Rockers. a million. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on that. That's okay. Thank you, guys. And hopefully we'll see you at the Strand Bookstore July 14th. We're working on a Pennsylvania area show, so we'll let oh, you know. Oh, let me know. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Working hey, I got on, a couple uh, good bookstores yeah, around the area. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to you about it later, Matt. Well, and, look, and, you, uh, and, you and Bob should hook up because Tony knows every cool person on the planet, and Bob knows <laughs> every cool it. person <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> I'm lucky I get to hang out with all you guys because, like, you know, it just makes, you know, where's Matt Porter? So it's, uh, you know, it's good. Well, like I tell everyone, you keep it on a positive tip, Matt, and you keep it moving. You're entertaining, and that's why that's my favorite Kiss podcast. I so, really appreciate that. You know, we got Lost Rockers events coming in Chicago, Boston, probably L.A., maybe other places, and hopefully the movie will come out and you guys will all get to see that. So awesome. Kiss Army all around the planet, check in on Lost Rockers and find out those dates and find out when those parties are happening near you. Thanks a million, Tony. Thanks, guys. Thanks, We'll sir. talk to you later. I'm going to hang. Have a great this. Friday the 13th. I love yeah, it. Stay <laughs> lucky, pal. <laughs> See ya. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to take this down. We're going to try and get Ira to call in. He's going to talk about his event. We're going to go into a song right now. Actually, we're going to send a birthday shout-out to Eric Singer, um, which would be have been May 12th, and we're going to send it out back to the truck. Bob Brodsky, you want to hear some of this stuff because we're celebrating that time. It was a great time. We're going back to the truck here in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio where music and minds meet. Why don't you say a hi, how are you doing from Philadelphia to Eric Singer?
ass one time. Wow, that's Eric Singer monster drumming on that. And that was, it was funny because we're talking about that. That was May 5th, 1992. And Bob says, how old were you? And I, and I had to do the math because that was a long time ago. I was about 24 years old. And that was, I'll tell you, that was one of the best shows I ever saw. Because imagine that. Anybody that knows the Philadelphia area, first of all, if you were at that show, you know. It was crazy. Second of all... You know that the that the truck does not hold a lot of people. No, no. And we waited outside all day, and I was in like the second row. And there's a photo. There's no that I, rows in the well. The, truck. It was standing room only, and I had my hands up against the edge of the stage, you know. And when when Gene came walking out specifically, it was like being in water. The crowd started to move in a way that I had never really been part of. Like I was never a slam dance kind of guy. But it was movement, like it was the most crazy, it was a great show. But those, that photo that I just posted in the Kiss Room, the funny thing about it, you know, we waited all day and, you know, you get to meet everybody who's there. And it was funny because uh, this couple behind me, the, the woman says, does anybody know how to load film in a camera? And I said, well, sure, I know how. And I loaded their camera and it turns out it was Kim and Ken Snyder and they're good friends of mine now. They were from Quaker Town, so we got to be good friends, been friends with them ever since. And speaking of another friend, we got somebody on the line. Oh. Ira, how are you, pal? Hey, Ira! I am fine, guys. How are you doing in the kiss room today? Yeah! yeah. We're awesome. We're shot out of a cannon. I'll tell you that Paul Rackman calling in and giving, giving us an hour of his time to explain that stuff. How fantastic was that? I really, I really enjoyed that. Every interview, Matt, every month, no matter who it is you have in the kiss room, it is an excellent interview. And Paul just gave us some nice. great words coming out of his mouth there right right then. That was really fantastic. And, you know, it was just like the stuff that he was talking about. I was actually just as fascinated by kind of how he got into it and things like that. You know, it's, it's that really it is a fascinating topic to me. And uh, somehow this one was tied into kiss. So it was just it was great. So tell Come us what on, you have Matt, going you're on. In the kiss room, they're all tied in. <laughs> they're all tied in a kiss, right? It's <laughs> six degree a kiss. <laughs> hey, let, let me tell you what's going on in Cleveland. August sixth. Everybody knows I've been calling in the kiss room. Everybody knows I've been down on my hands and knees begging for donations to pull that event off. We are still very, very short of needing the upfront cost for that. Let me tell you what's going to happen. There is no doubt in my mind there will be a band lineup change. I cannot afford to bring in Sin City Kiss, Kiss Resurrection, and Rock and Roll Over for that event with the amount of money we have right now, unless I get some help, mm. serious help. So the bad news is we're looking at a band lineup change. That does not mean the event is canceled. We will have that event August 6th in Cleveland with a band performing, at least one, with Lydia Chris as our special guest. Wow. Very that lover. is going to happen that way. If I get enough donations, we'll have two Kiss tribute bands. But as it stands right now, I'm looking at possibly just the one with Lydia Chris on hand, the cellar book filled with a kiss, 
If you don't have it already, go get it at LydiaChris.com or come to Cleveland, buy it personally from her. Yeah. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. And I didn't have any good news until 1 o'clock today. <laughs> at 1 o'clock today, I got an email from an anonymous person. It comes from some goofy-ass yahoo.com email account with a couple of numbers in it and a couple of initials in it and then the email wasn't signed but the email said at 3 p.m tomorrow saturday may 14th i will check the donated amount on your fundraiser account and match that total minus the 1229 you already have received prior to this notice Somebody out there wants to match donated money. Wow. We've got 23 hours to get a ton of money into that fundraiser account. And the easiest way to do it is go to thmf.org. Click Donate. It will take you to the fundraiser account, which, by the way, is a tax-deductible donation for those of you who feel very comfortable with your finances. For those of you who don't, send me 5 bucks, Send me 10 bucks, Send me 15 bucks. At this point, I don't care if you send me $1. If I get a lot of KISS fans to send small amounts, we have raised enough money to pull the Cleveland event off in a big way, yes, there is going to be an event in Cleveland on August 6th. Your donations will now determine which Kiss tribute bands I have playing. That's what, that's what it comes down to right now. There is no doubt we will have one Kiss tribute band and Lydia Chris. The donation amount needs to skyrocket within the next 24 hours, hopefully. If I do not have enough money to cover this event by, I'm going to say a month, by the next time I call into the KISS room, next month, if the money is not there, I will be making the announcement as to what those changes are for August 6th in Cleveland. But we are going to Cleveland. I have enough funds right at the moment to cover one band and Lydia. Help me bring in somebody else. Help me make this event a big thing in the Cleveland area to raise money for our wounded veterans. Something I have been trying to get people to do for a year and a half now is donate to help pay those upfront costs. We have reached condition critical. Sorry, that's not a Kiss song. That's Quiet Riot, but that's what I'm calling it. We have reached condition critical. Without those donations, I can't give you. Here's what I can't give you. I'm going to announce it right now. I was going to hold back on this, but I'm going to tell you right now. Without those donations, I cannot give you a mask. His tribute band in Cleveland. I can tell you right now, the only band you will see in Cleveland will be Rock and Roll Over, a celebration of Kiss music. Which and I love, Rock and Roll Over. Great band. band. They're fantastic. You yeah. will see. You will see them with the high amount of donations. I can still bring in Kiss Resurrection. I have no doubt in my mind that that will happen if the donation amount is high enough. Please. THMF.org, click donate, send me five bucks. A thousand of you, send me five bucks. Matt, that's all I have to say today. I'm done begging. When this event is over in August, I, I might call into the kiss room just to say hello, but you will never hear me beg for one more dime. <laughs> because from then on, after August, 
All my fundraising through this organization will be in Central Florida on an annual event being dubbed a rock and roll salute to wounded veterans in Daytona Beach, Florida. That annual event will happen every year. Very nice. Well, look, if everybody tuned in who's tuned in right now sent you money, I think we'd probably be covered. We got people tuned in from all over the planet. So it's like we, if we you're do. in the sound and, of my voice, and I know you are, give, you know, five bucks. You know, and I'll buy a pack of hot dogs and some rolls, and we'll all have a party in Cleveland. It'll be great. Well, the event is definitely happening, but people, I need your help to determine what bands are going to perform there. I need it desperately. And uh, I've never, I, I hate to use the word desperate, but honest to God, people, at this point, we are desperate to hold a wonderful event. I will be holding an event. Your donations will determine which bands are performing at that event. So, Matt, with that being said, to all of my KISS family out there, the brothers and sisters everywhere, thank you so much for hearing my voice in the KISS room every time I've called. I will be calling one more time officially next month in the KISS room to give you the update on which bands you will see in Cleveland. If you're not in Cleveland, send me five bucks at least tell us pull this thing off. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Matt, thank you so much for your time. Bobby, that damn 80s harem rocks. Thank you. I, yeah. Man, I'm starting to love So we're going to get a donation for a better phone for Ira because we're losing <laughs> you, pal. All right. I'm going to get off of this thing, and then I'm going to Metro PCS and get a new phone. <laughs> Thanks, pal. All right. Take Talk care, to you guys. soon, buddy. See you. Bye, man. You know, speaking of all the people that are listening, I really just want to take a second. Let me hang up this phone real quick because otherwise it's going to be. Oh, we'll get those, those weird noises. So it's Friday the 13th. You know, I'm waiting for bad luck. But look, I just want to send a bunch of shout outs. Here's all over the planet. People that actually took the time to share my link. So Bob Brodsky, Josie and Belly, Mikhail Burel, Candy Burton, Steve Javorski, Eileen Pompey, Chris Ann Colvin, Robert Siegel. And it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Joe Laskin, Shane Hurt Hebert, Javier Boster, Dottie Jones, Jerry Geloff. Of course, you can listen to the Bad, Pl- Bad Cop, Bad Cop podcast. There's a shameless plug. <laughs> Kenneth Roy, Chris Hartman, Donna Crowley, who sent me a cool winner, winner chicken dinner, you know, pottery that she made. Brian Shear, David Drew at Kiss Army USA, Cheryl Ann of East Coast at Kiss Army, Brandis Saunier. I hope I said that right. So Jam yeah. and Joe Favoroso, Alison Balick, Tracy Ditsworth, who modeled one of our brand new Kiss Room t-shirts. Oh, Thanks, yeah. Tracy. Ricky Cook, Cringe, let me at that. That's a great name. I don't know. Is that, is that is Norwegian? Cringe, let me at that. Donnell Woods, Mike Rule. We have a cool song from Mike we're going to play later. Gail Castine, Lisa Burgoon, Ron Albanese, Benoit Thibault. He's from the Society of Heavy Metal and Hard Rock World. Very Russell, nice. Ronaldo, Kelly Molini, Tim Dodge, Andrew Jacobs, Kelly and Bob Mychek, Greg Johnson, Jason Garrow, Bill Downey, Ira Bostian, of course, we just talked to, Dave Robinson from the 60 Minutes podcast. Ken and I will be talking to him later as part of the uh, Podpalooza. Uh, of course, Kiss Talk, a lot of you are probably listening via Kiss Talk. You know, obviously, Joe Polo, Jody, Have Not, Andrew Kiss, they're the best. Brian Speck, Chris Simcoe, Mike, Sim- Mike Simcoe, Jason Drevienko, Shabby Road Record Show, which is Ryan and AD, uh, Martin D. Damaso up in New York City, and Kat Mara was listening in the airport, but I think she was wearing 
her Kiss Room bikini at the time. At of least course. I'm it's easy to get through that. security, you know? <laughs> I really want to send a shout-out, kind of dovetailing to what um, Ira was just talking about. We saw rock and roll over the other week down here at Havana in New Hope, and I'm going to send a shout-out to those guys, Jerry Lee Watkins, yeah. Steve Campagna, Steve Forrest, and Fran Galanti. Rock and roll over. I got to hang out with Jim and Diana Zagel, and of course, Jam and Joe Favoroso, and Alex Gross, and Chris Plitnick. Next time, yes, come over and say hello. As long as I'm not eating those onion rings, I'll tell you, these $15 onion rings, don't tell my uh, my wife I was eating a big, greasy bowl of onion rings. They were great, man. But I'll tell you, rock and roll over is fantastic. I mean, they did like an hour, almost two hours, and they do it straight. Boom, 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 one song into the next. It was like, I Stole Your Love and Deuce, but then they're throwing stuff in. I mean, when they're doing like... Uh, you know, larger than life into I love it loud. They did sweet pain. Oh. I mean, they were doing it's everything. Like machine gun. The way these guys do it. Stop. That's Jerry. And let's see who's calling on the phone. We're shot out of a cannon here on a Friday in the kiss room. It's Friday 13th. Who are we talking to? You're talking to Steve Capaglia from Rock and Roll Over. Oh, speak of the devil, Steve. so to speak, since I mean, you are the demon of Rock and Roll Over. How are you, pal? I'm going to Cleveland. Woo! See, that's the, we, were, we were just talking just talking to Ira about that, and he mentioned it, and I was just going through the whole set list. Your show the other night was fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. I'm so glad you guys showed up, man. It was great. It was a real good time. It's always great in Havana. Havana is like the coolest place for a show. I mean, it really is. The uh, You know, when you get there, and it's one of those things where you're you're hanging out with all your KISS friends, and then it really is just like the best. I mean, it's just like... And the funny thing is, now look, I know Havana serves food, but down the street is the Moo, and at the, I'm going to get myself I've a Moo burger. The it's moo. the greatest, man. I'm telling you, I'm a fat guy, so I'm talking about onion rings and uh, cheese. Not the order. You're you're svelte. You're not fat, yeah, right? You're that's svelte. Right. Not anymore. Yeah. Boy, and it's felt up. The, that uh, order is looking good. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. That porter's looking good, everybody. I even recognize you. <laughs> I was like, is that Matt Porter? And they're like, no, that's half of Matt Porter. Yeah, right. So so tell <laughs> us tell us uh, what's going on with Rock and Roll Over. I know you got some gigs coming up. Yes, yes. Well, just as Ira was saying, I mean, no matter what, man, I mean, we're, we're somehow going to get out to Cleveland to do this show. If I have to sit up there with an acoustic guitar and, and sing every Kiss song from every album by myself to... Uh, to cover the whole day of events. I mean, whatever happens, happens. Um, and also, on July 24th now, we're going to be back at Havana again. It's a Sunday. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, cool. yeah so it's uh, 24th. It's going to be a little bit of an earlier show. Uh, we're not sure if it's going to be like a 4 o'clocker or a 7 o'clock show. Um, I'm pushing for an early show so we can kind of make it like an all-ages stuff. So, you know, bring that the That would be nice. Especially yeah, yeah. summer day in New Hope. Exactly. Can't exactly. go wrong. Yeah, so that that'll of course be our our uh, our summertime show at Havana, and of course we're at uh, Havana again October fifteenth. Um, well, that's your annual, the, right? That's our annual one, and that'll be the one you know that we do the whole new big show for that, um, and uh, and get some new new things for the show for that one. We're trying to figure out what to do special for the one on July twenty fourth. Um, I heard you say well, you were going through the set list. What did you get up to? I just mentioned a couple of the songs off and, you know, really kind of pointing out to people that it was really, you know, the fact that you were throwing in from back to back going Lick It Up, Flame Youth, Parasite, Rocket Ride, Large in Life. Yeah. I mean, I could go through the whole thing. It's obviously, and by the time you're throwing in Danger in between Detroit Rock City and Black Diamond, I mean, that's the kind of stuff Kiss fans are waiting yeah. for. 
Yeah, that's a that's such a great song, Danger. It's, it's I think it was so like overlooked that song. It's not it's not a uh, it's not one of the more popular ones. And, and every time we play it, people come up to me and they're like, "What is that song?" I think that some people think it's off a of monster <laughs> or, or something a little newer, but uh, it's great. And in fact, it was funny. You guys were at the last rock and roll over show, and I keep talking about the fact that that was the first time we played Danger, and people got up and danced to it. <laughs> That's how great is that? You know, like, I mean, uh, you know, yeah. but even that, it's one of those things where even in the room, like you could tell most of the people that were there, they're pretty hardcore Kiss fans. You know, it was yeah. really funny because when the uh, when the show started, you guys were kind of tuning up and it got quiet for a second. Everybody's getting ready. And I remember going, right? Right. And the one girl turns, he goes, man, I love it. It's a room where they know they're going to whistle the theme of the elder. I'm like, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's great. Maybe the next show. We'll see about that one. I know we keep saying we're going to do some kind of elder show, but, uh, you know, that, uh, we got to figure out how to do it. I'd love to do, like, the whole album, just the whole thing front to back and get, like, a small orchestra and, and do it upright. Maybe some actors in the front, like a Rocky Horror picture kind of a thing, you know? There you go. Very uh, great. I think you, you just awesome. get a whole bunch of love gun girls and yeah, they can lay in front that. of the stage. Now that won't be the all ages show. That would be no, you know, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, <laughs> no. we thought we talked about doing getting the waitresses from uh, Havana to, to maybe do that. <laughs> and, and, uh, we said it, and they all just kind of raised their eyebrows, like what? Like <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And then I asked my wife. I'm like, uh, I'm like, hey, would you uh, dress up like one of the Love Gun girls for for the concert? And we'll get all the wives dressed up in white face and black. And she's like, yeah, right, babe. <laughs> you know what? I think that would be pretty fantastic. I, you know, I, I know uh, Fran's wife was there. Marcy, maybe we can get her yeah. in on that. You know, and Absolutely. all these all these gals that are in the kiss room that are local. I think Eileen, you could yeah. volunteer for that. Hey, hey Steve, I, I got friends who uh, uh, do drag. <laughs> Bob, Bob's got a whole different idea. No, <laughs> it would just turn it a whole new way, man. Oh, absolutely! Uh, yes, it would. Yes, it would. <laughs> it would be right. It would rock. It would be rock and roll over and over and over. <laughs> Rocky roll over. Oh, oh, but oh, but that's tough. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to go to another song here. I want to send a shout-out, obviously, Chris Giordano. He didn't make it in, but we're going to have a winner-winner chicken dinner after yes. this. Uh, oh, no. Also, I want to send a shout-out to my wife. I want to send a shout-out to my brother. They keep listening to me all week when I yammer on about I can't wait for the kiss room. I also really kind of want to say, I mean, obviously, in a week where we see uh, Ozzy and Sharon splitting up and we see, uh, you know, Paul and Gene kind of fighting on Twitter and then uh. Shannon and Paul are fighting on Twitter and, of course, Nikki uh. Six has to weigh in because otherwise nobody is paying attention to yeah. him. And, you uh. know, it's, it's really one of those things where, obviously, look, here's the bottom line. Whether we're coming to the... Rock and Roll Over show, where we're all going to go out to Cleveland for Iris thing. We're all going to meet up on the Rock the, the Freedom to Rock tour this summer. I mean, it's yes. all about finding yeah, yeah. fun things to do. And a lot of the people this week were talking about addiction and this and that and the other. And hey, look, turn to your Kiss Army friends. Find the people that you want to hang out with. Even if you just you know put a bonfire in the backyard and get a couple acoustic guitars, do something fun. <laughs> yeah. Because Absolutely. look, at the end of the day, it's all about cramming as much fun in as we can. Absolutely. And you know, 
I really appreciate you calling in. I mean, I had the best time. I mean, last Friday, that's I came to your show. And for me, it's a rare night out of the house, but it's a time to really celebrate. I mean, you guys kick so much ass. Oh, stop. And it really, but it's, it's that kiss culture that <laughs> we right, celebrate. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go. I'm going to send this shout out to everybody who basically kiss army. You know, we're all in this together. Stick together. Stop the Absolutely. fighting. Turn away from the Twitter. Just stay on Monco Radio yeah. where music and minds That's meet. It. Thanks a million, Steve. Thank you, guys. All right, Steve. Thanks, pal. I'll see you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And you're in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio where music and minds meet.
right. Team Gene Simmons here. That yeah. was that's called Ain't Gonna Die. It's actually off Bruce Kulick's album BK3. So uh, everybody, if you don't have that, you should go get that. It's a uh, kind of not a rare track, but obviously maybe one that you didn't know. Hey Matt, real quick, you know, uh, Mr. Kulick's coming to the area. You know, there's uh, I'll pull up the date. Uh, he's coming with Grand Funk uh, to Bethlehem. We need to get him here in the kiss room. Hmm. You know, speaking of coming to the area, now look, I'm going to share this with you. I got this message after the last time that we were on. It's from Ewan in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Scotland. And he says, I just wanted to thank you guys for the last kiss room. You made my night. My daughter and I have been living back at my dad's house. Well, I normally download the show and listen to it over the weekend, but when the last Kiss Room was coming up, I decided to listen live to you guys for the first time on the TuneIn app. If you're listening on the TuneIn app, that's fantastic. Very cool. Great show. Love the Kiss-style songs listeners have sent in. So this was from the time that we did the last demos um, project. They blew me away. One in particular was like hearing a great 76-sounding Gene song. Amazing. Well done to all the artists who sent in the last in the songs. Anyway, there's a huge significance to that experience. I realized during your live broadcast that I was standing in my parents' kitchen listening to the Kiss Room, the very same kitchen where I heard Kiss for the first time. You guys took me right back vividly. Nice. It was Crazy Crazy Nights about September, October 87, and Kiss has been my favorite band since that day. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Matt, you put on an amazing show every month. Thank you. Always we a kiss try. extravaganza. Keep up the good work. So that's you and Valentine. You and I really appreciate that. I love that hearing that you know that somehow we connected with you. So it's uh, it's fantastic. Now connecting with us right now, Eileen. How are you? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Now, good. if you just heard, Steve called in and he talked about their July show at Havana, and uh, we volunteered you to dress up as a love gun girl to stand by the <laughs> stage. So be ready. He mentioned the date. You have to have your makeup and. <laughs> costume for that july 24th is that that's a sunday that's possibly doable i thought i was going to be there on may 6th but things didn't work out but oh well it is what it is we had such a blast that night it was really it was so much fun. Um, I, I can't I, really recommend that enough havana if you get if your favorite band is coming around to havana you have to go it's the coolest you know really the coolest little venue right on in uh, new hope there yeah i've been there a year i was there years ago and it's very well, new hope is just very cool in general. It's eclectic and it's really cool. And of course the mood burgers, but yeah, I saw all the pictures and the, the videos that you posted of the, of the show and, and it looked amazing. So, but I don't want to be the only love gun girl there. I'm, I hope somebody else is going to be a love gun girl with me. Well, you could talk to rock and roll over about recruit. You need to be in charge of recruiting, you know, like, yeah, uh, you could be the head, uh, head, coach of I the cheerleaders bobby's gonna get linda carter that would, you know hey look i don't have be, those kind of connections as bobby does not uh, me so. that's a dream come true right there yeah what i know kind of dream I'm not gonna oh. say. <laughs> um but i want to tell you i'm gonna shout out really quick quick though to uh candy because i think she i didn't get a chance to listen to bobby's show today i was out on the road so i apologize bobby you have a rocking show um, and can it'll be up in a little bit. No I want. I was going to ask. Are you going to do a replay of it? Because I would really like to hear it. It'll be up. Um, good. And secondly, Chris G sent me a message this morning. The wacko that he is, and um, no, Chris G. But, but he he just said that to tell you guys that he's not going to be available. I don't know. If he's out on the road or whatever. But he just shout out to me to tell you guys that he's not there. Obviously, so he's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's just Chris G for you. So, so Chris, Chris Ann, you're going to be a love gun girl. She's. Says what a wonderful story. I'm going to volunteer her. Brandis says I would do it. 
but I'm too far. You You're never too far. That's not that bad a trip, right? Start walking now. We'll meet Well, maybe you. we should take up a fund for her to come down here, you know, get <laughs> really? a, a plane Let's ticket. Let's all give know? Iris some money so that he, he can uh, make sure his event <laughs> happens. It's going to be great. It's that KISS community. We're all going to draw together. It's going to be great. Well, I got to say, I do like a lot of other bands, too, but I got to say the KISS bands are really the best bands ever about any band that I've ever you know, been involved with. They really, really do care about each other, and uh, you guys are awesome. And I'll tell you what, that interview was, was kick ass. Can I say ass? I, I think say so. Ass, right? he, he, okay. he, he said S word. You have to yell at myself now. That's live radio, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. it's good. <laughs> That's fine, so... But I'll that tell was you a great what, interview. Thanks a million. I appreciate that. I'm really I'm I'm getting some great feedback on uh, the Facebook from people. They're all sending me messages. I'm, I it was hard to keep up with everything during the interview because I was looking more at the phone. But Luis Dominguez, he said, "Hey, that was a great interview." Yeah. A bunch of people commented they really liked it. So I was very by good. That, so. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And I do want to shout out to Mike Rule too because he's a new Facebook friend of mine and he's really great and his oh. band is awesome. So I wanted to say. Hi to Mike because he has a really awesome band that I think you guys have put on demos or something on his on your show. But it is not a, only a, a, that, a but we actually are going to play a song from Mike because he sent me something for our winner. Now, what we're going to oh, do is, cool. in fact, you can be an ear witness here right now. Is I loaded everybody's name into the randomizer, okay? okay. And we're going to draw a winner. Let me go. I got to look up at the screen. I'm going to hit the number. Whoever's number comes up number one. You got to get yourself around where you can see the screen. Ready? We're going to hit the thing. Whoever comes up number one, don't read their address. Ready? Go. This is for the Ace Fraley autographed photo donated by Bobby Dreyer. So it's courtesy of Bobby Dreyer. Which? All right. Look up at the screen. Tell me whose name is first. Can you read it? Oh, right there. That would be Melissa Jaworski from cool. Pittsburgh, PA. Awesome. Ja- I, think, I wonder if that's Steve's wife. Javor- ja- yeah, Jaworski. Jaworski. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. It's got to be. Well, I'll tell you what, see, now speaking of Mike Rule, we actually have a song. Ready? Look at that. Now, it's funny because even Chris said he wasn't going to make it, and I was disappointed because I knew we were going to give away that photo. Congratulations, <laughs> Melissa. That's great because Chris, awesome. w- Chris would have said, Winner, winner, chicken winner, dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Ready? See, wait, wait. Now, see, remember how he talks over you? Ready? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> So, I'm yeah, like, it was great fun. <laughs> well, thanks, Eileen. Anything else you want to say? We're running out of time here in the Kiss Room. No, I just thank you for another great show. You guys put a smile on my face on Fridays, and it was a rocking interview. And just thank you to all the awesome Kiss fans that, and uh, friends that I have acquired over the, the year. And uh, just have a great afternoon and a great rest of your weekend. Awesome. Thanks, Sorry. Eileen. Happy Friday thank the 13th. You. you too. <laughs> all right, Bye. see you. Okay, so that was fun. Now we got a little bit of time left here. Let me hang up the phone before it busy signals out. Now here's here's the funny thing. I got a couple things else. We're we're about the last 15 minutes of the show here. One thing is I want you all to go. Here's the scoop on this. This is actually from Coach Neff. Now, if you're listening to the Kiss Room, you know who Coach Jim Neff is. He's famous. It's like royalty among Kiss fans. Obviously, for the whole Cadillac Michigan, he organized the Cadillac Michigan anniversary that they just had. They put up a monument. And here's the scoop. I'm going to read this. This is from Coach Neff himself. As you know, over the years, Coach Neff has conducted hundreds of informal 
kissed hundreds of informal history tours in Cadillac. Fans have come from all over the country. Nothing has ever been too organized. And sometimes fans would come and he would not be available. Sometimes they would come when the school was locked down, like on the weekend. So they missed a key part of the Cadillac history. So on the heels of their 40th anniversary last fall and the placement of the massive Kiss Monument, they have decided to try a formal tour. This way fans can be assured of getting the entire experience. And the first one is Saturday, June 18th. Coach Neff will be the MC, narrator, and host. They'll be unveiling for the first time five historical markers around town that detail the Kiss 1975 visit. Fans will visit the monument, the high school gym where the concert took place, and the football field. A brochure of Cadillac History Tour will be available, and after the tour, they'll all have lunch together. So that sounds like fun. The tour is free. They will have a free will option if anyone wants to donate to the monument. Obviously, nice. they can. Chipping in is not a requirement to take part. So that's you know win-win right there. For fans coming to Cadillac who want to stay, obviously they have uh, there's you can get a free one of the Cadillac t-shirts. They have some packages. So go to cadillacmichigan.com and also if you go to kisscadillac.com, there's all kind of info and if you check Coach Neff's own website, it's neffcadillackiss.com and I'll put all the links. I know uh, Lindsay Westrop, she works with Coach Neff on that. She posted the links in the Kiss Room. Obviously, shout out to Lindsay for spreading the word. Uh, I know she's working closely with that group group and you know so there's all kind of fun to be had out there now we're talking history of course i almost couldn't i couldn't go through (laughs) a may edition of the kiss room and not mention montco's almost spot in history Uh, if you've listened to this show before you know this story thank you for letting me yammer on as i tell you that believe it or not Kiss was scheduled to play right here at Monco on May 11th, 1974. And I have that poster in my office. I found, I actually was able to get a copy of it off Rolling Stone. The the ad was in Rolling Stone. And I found (laughs) it on eBay. And the awesome David Snowden blew it up into a poster that's in my office right now. Very cool. May 11th, 1974, Kiss was actually opening for Argent. And... The uh, so it was scheduled for here and it's on the poster. It actually says Montgomery County Community College Gym. Now you got to think about it. Is this is very early in Kiss because you know they were starting out and the the first album had only been out for a couple months. So had they played here, it would have been awesome. But they didn't play here. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, in the Mont Gazette, our friend Jerry Onetsky found the uh, the announcement. It says the rock group Argent will not be playing at Mont on May 11th, as had been planned due to a few hassles, money, and time. Uh, if you listen to last year's May episode, I explained the whole thing. If you've listened, it's been one of the genesis of the Kiss Room show in general. So uh, obviously, you've heard me tell that story. It never happened, but through the power of technology, this is what it might have sounded like had they been here.
crowd goes yeah. wild here at Monco. Look, uh, Daniel Diaz said great interview. Chris Zinzak, obviously from the Decibel Geek podcast, said great interview. Thanks a million. I really appreciate that. Brendan Castle said great interview. Dottie Jones. Uh, you know what? Actually, we're, we're running out of time. Now, that would have been May 11th, 1974. Obviously, it's today is Friday the 13th if you're listening live. And what else happened today in Kistra? Come on, dudes! Let's crank it! We have ignition. On this day in history, brought to you by the podcast in the Kiss Room. Now print it with real Kiss blood. On this day in history, May 13, 1976, Kiss kicks off their first tour of Europe with a show at the Free Trade Hall in Manchester, England. A bootleg video of this show does exist. This is the Destroyer tour while Kiss is using the Alive costumes and stage. On this day in history, May 13, 1986, Paul Stanley is interviewed on the Nightwatch program which aired on CBS TV Late Nights. On this day in history, May 13th, 1992, Peter Chris performs a solo tour concert at the Ritz in New York City. This performance is available as a video bootleg as well. There was a special guest in the audience that night, Bill O'Coin. He was Kiss's former manager. On this day in history, May 13th, 1994, Ace Fraley brings his kick-ass tour to El Rosa Villa at Columbus, Ohio. On this day in history, May 13th, 1995, the Kiss tribute band Black Diamond opens in Ontario. On this day in history, May 13th, 2000, the Kiss auction public preview is held in Chicago, Illinois, second day of three. Meanwhile, Kiss bids farewell to Columbus, Ohio during the farewell tour. On this day in history, May 13th, 2008, Kiss destroys Verona, Italy as they bring their Alive 35 tour to Verona Arena. Interesting notes about the show, though you couldn't tell from his energetic performance, Paul Stanley was suffering from a bad case of bronchitis. Eric Singer performed an extended drum solo during 100,000 years, and the entire audience hummed Detroit Rock City as the guitar solo played. KISS was presented with an award celebrating the band's worldwide album sales. On this day in history, May 13th, 2010, KISS plays Night 2 at Wembley Arena in London, UK, as the sonic boom over Europe tour continues. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> and that was This Day in History, brought to you by the Podkist and the KISS Room. We still play with our KISS color form sets. Yeah. And that, of course, the great Ken Mills. Thank you, good sir. Uh, obviously, all of our, our friends that are podcasters, we love you all. KST had a great episode. We didn't even get to talk about Ace's Origins Volume 1. When we wrapped up the show in April, I, I picked that album up on the way home. We didn't really talk about that. We'll have to talk about that. I talked about that on Podcast Rock City. Shout out to Jody and Joe and Andrew. That's always fun. Uh, you know, the next time we're live is mm. Friday, June 10th. Uh, in the meantime, we'll have the Kiss My Cinema will be on. We'll get to go to that. Uh, June 11th, the L.A. Kiss is going to be as close yeah. as they're going to get. They're going to be in uh, Trenton, and, Trenton. Uh, versus the Philly Soul. We'll go to that. I'm going to be there, so uh, if you go, tell me you're going. We'll, we'll hang out, and we'll uh, probably drink some soda. It'll be great fun. 
June 10th, I think we may have a special guest calling in. He was going to call in today, but he's on tour out in Arizona. Wow. And that would be Mr. Uh, Mark Slaughter. Well, look at that. We'll see if we can get him next month. Obviously, I'm going to send a shout out. Bill Buggin is the one he, uh, I'm going down with Bill. I'm going to see, uh, we're going to have some fun at the uh, LA Kiss game. It'll be all the most fun. And I really appreciate Paul Rackman for calling yeah, in today. Thanks, it was Paul. fantastic. Tony Mann for hooking that up. Ira for calling in. Uh, Candy called in to talk about Rockers United. She called in to Harem. Everybody go listen to the replay of Harem. Eileen called in. Steve Companion called in. Thanks to everybody that tuned in. I'll tell you, we had some record numbers today. I think everybody was really psyched. I mean, anytime you get to hear stories like Paul Rackman where that's somebody that really worked with Kiss. You know, I hadn't really heard those stories before. So I'm thrilled that he would take the time to call in. And talk to us. Any last words? I have nothing. I, all I know is it, it's, uh, it's just a great day, man. It, man, I'm telling you, the, the fastest two hours of our lives go by. It flies by, doesn't it? I, you know, kiss, a little bit of music, a little bit of rock and roll, beautiful women calling in. <laughs> ah. We are the winner, winner, chicken dinners. Oh, yes, we are. So I'll tell you what, people, uh, you can listen to the replay. I really appreciate you all call, you know, calling in, listening, tuning in, sharing the link. Next month when I post the uh, info for the June show, I want you to hit the share button, tell even more people. We had a ton of people tuned in all around the planet. Shane Dyson, he says, I'm all the way down under in Australia. I think that's fantastic. Australia. <laughs> so it's like, look, everybody have a great time. Back away from the Twitter. Don't fight with each other yeah. on Twitter. Everybody have a good time. Listen to all of our favorite podcasts. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of good Kiss ones. And we're going to shout out all of them kind of right here. If your favorite's not on the list, maybe you'd have a new find, a new favorite. So it's uh, you're in the Kiss Room. We love you, people. Thanks all for right. tuning in. We'll talk to you next month. You're here in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where Music and Minds That's Meet. And I'm going to give the last word to Ken Mills. Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene man. That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Havnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week me and my crew will bring you the Kiss News of the Week. Look at us as kind of a KISS version of Meet the Press, your source for KISS news every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007, you've been getting PodKissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss. 
the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. History Science Theater, the most civilized. Yeah. Oh, f- <laughs> oh, f- <laughs> come on. Respectful. Just imagine Gene it's with like, like a with like a washtub base. <laughs> and serious. No wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're gonna come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss podcast on the web. History Science Theater. We bust balls because we can. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Hey, I'm Dr. F***. And I'm the Ayatollah of Alcohola. And we are from the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. If you want to check out some crazy, uncensored, unbiased, totally nuts reviews of classic hard rock and heavy metal albums, Check us out. You can get us on Podbean and iTunes. New episodes every Sunday. How do I get a backstage pass? Yeah, you're listening to Harold. Grab your hairspray and your sister's makeup and try to fit in those spandex again. Join me, Bobby Dreyer, along with Matt Porter, every second Friday of each month from 1 to 3, right before the Kiss Room. On Marco Radio, where music and minds meet. <laughs> you have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? I tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans! We love you! Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations no but i will say something to anybody out there that's you know the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for don't think it's so weird maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it you just stick to it you'd be weird Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Dracky Bam Bam, King Dracula, spelled backwards. I do everything that rocks on the radio dial, and you're listening to the guy who truly rocks. He's starting a revolution. I'm talking about my friend Matt Porter on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Now turn it up!